Welcome to Global Outpouring, where we contend for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit promised in Joel 2.28, and we equip for the outpouring so that we may engage in the outpouring. I'm Philip Buss. And I'm Sharon Buss. Welcome to the podcast today. The Lord has given us a download of three things that we, you and I, can do to answer the question, how do I contend for the presence of God? We're so glad that you have joined us today. We want to invite you, if you haven't already done so, to go to our website, globaloutpouring.org, where you can subscribe to our email list so you'll know when we're going to have another podcast go up or when we've got an event going on or uh, whatever other kind of news. We've got a prayer letter that we put out twice a month. Uh, you can get onto those email lists and stay in touch with us, stay informed. And we also want to invite you to write to us an email, feedback at globaloutpouring.org, to let us know what the Lord is doing in your heart as a result of this podcast. Are we helping you? And if there's some subject that you want us to talk about that would be helpful to you, we'd be, we'd be happy to hear that from you, and we'll pray into that and, and bring what the Holy Spirit gives us for you. So today, we want to help you answer the question, how do I contend for the presence of God? Now, before we get any further, I want to encourage you that we are going to have Holy Communion at the end of this podcast. So if you want to hit pause and go and get the elements, I just encourage you to do that. You know, the outpouring is really all about the presence of God. Mm-hmm. When when the Lord gave us this name, Global Outpouring, he spoke to me about seeking his heart to know what his heart is about the outpouring. In Acts chapter 2, where Peter is repeating Joel's prophecy from Joel 2, 28 and 29, the way that the Greek is written, it says, I will pour out of the spirit of me. That's what the mm-hmm. Lord is saying. I will pour out of the spirit of me. You know, sometimes we think of the Trinity as being so separate entities yeah. that are one, but they're so one that <laughs> that you have to see that our Father's Spirit is the Holy Spirit. It, they're one. They're absolutely one. And Jesus came as a part of that oneness to pour out his life for us. So how do I contend for the presence? There are three things that we want to share with you today. And... I think we started out as we were as Philip and I were talking about this. We started out talking about a scripture that he received in his devotions this morning from Philippians three. Tell us about it, Philip. Well, this is the Apostle Paul. You know, he kind of gives his uh, credentials. You know, like what he's done. And in verse five, it tells how he was born a true Hebrew of the heritage of Israel, as a son of a Jewish man from the tribe of Benjamin. And he was you know, raised in the strict tradition of Orthodox Judaism, and, and, he, and he lived a separated and devout life as a Pharisee. And concerning the righteousness of the Torah, I'm, I'm reading out of the, the Passion Translation, no one surpassed me. I was without a peer. Furthermore, as a fiery defender of the truth. Yeah, he was. <laughs> I persecuted the Messianic believers with religious zeal. 
And for you all not familiar with that term, if it's messianic, it means it's a Jewish person that has accepted Jesus as his Messiah. Right. And the word Messiah comes from the Hebrew, and the word Christ comes from the Greek, Greek but they yeah. both mean the anointed one. Mm -hmm. So I'll read here on a little bit. This is verse 7. Yet all of the accomplishments that I once took credit for, I've now forsaken them, and I regard it all as nothing compared to the delight of experiencing Jesus Christ as my Lord. To truly know him meant letting go of everything of my past and throwing all my boasting on the garbage heap. Yeah. It's all like a pile of manure to me now, <laughs> so that I may be enriched in the reality of knowing Jesus Christ and embrace him as Lord in all of his greatness. My passion is to be consumed with him and not clinging to my own righteousness based in keeping the written law. My righteousness will be his, based on the faithfulness of Jesus Christ, the very righteousness that comes from God. And I continually long to know the wonders of Jesus more fully and to experience the overflowing power of his resurrection working in me. I will be one with him in his sufferings and will be one with him in his death. Only then will I be able to experience complete oneness with him in his resurrection from the realm of death. I admit that I haven't yet acquired the absolute fullness that I'm pursuing, but I run with passion into his abundance so that I may reach the purpose that Jesus Christ has called me to fulfill and wants me to discover. I don't depend my own I don't depend on my own strength to accomplish this. However, I do have one compelling focus. I forget all of the past as I fasten my heart to the future instead. I run straight for the divine invitation of reaching the heavenly goal and gaining the victory prize through the anointing of Jesus. So let all who are fully mature have this same passion. Beautiful. Amen. Hallelujah. Beautiful. So the first thing that we can do to contend passionately for the presence of God, the first thing we have to do is forget our past. That's hard to do sometimes. Well, it is. Because we always try to drag our past into everything. Right. And and the funny thing is that mm. it doesn't matter what your past is. Your past might be like like Paul. He's saying, I had all these accomplishments, and looky me. Yeah. You know, your, your past many times it can either haunt you or it can it can uh, cause you to be prideful and well look this is what I used to do yeah this is what this is the kind of car I used to have and yeah yeah yeah, da, yeah, da, yeah. Da, you know we've we've been there and you can't get your head through the door <laughs> but you know it's a narrow way you got to be able to get your head through the door That's the a narrow very good way point. <laughs> <laughs> so so whether you're consumed with your greatness or whether you're consumed with the failure that uh, that that you may have been in because you fell for the temptations and you you wallowed there for a while uh it it, it doesn't matter what your past is god is saying let it go yeah, and it and you can look at any minister of the gospel on a platform you listen to him on a podcast you look at them on YouTube, and you don't know what they've gone through. That's true. I mean, you don't know what temptations they fell through right. and all that. And, and I, I remember one prominent speaker we know, he was going through a hallway. There, it, it was in a another nation somewhere, and 
and he's going, you know, they're taking him through, and all of a sudden he looks up, and all of a sudden looks, and here's a naked girl standing in the window like she just got out of the shower. Right before he's going to minister in the Holy Spirit. I mean, he had to do some quick, get that out of my head, Holy Spirit. Yes. You know, and the devil will just time things sometimes to trip you up just when you're not ready for it. Right, right. But but we have the power of what Jesus did for us to stand in. Yes. And, you know, sometimes we, well, the enemy will work on us, first of all, to, t- to tempt us. And then once we have fallen into it, then he shames us. Yeah. Uh-huh. And he slimes us slimes and, and tries <laughs> to get you to stay down yeah. because, you've, because you've fallen or maybe you've just thought about falling. Um, but, but the mark of a mature believer is how fast you get up yeah. when you've tripped. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like, uh, like in Ro- Romans uh, chapter 6. You know, we, Romans 7, we kind of call it the sin chapter, you know, mm-hmm. where Paul says, oh, this wretched man that I am, you know, right. I do what I don't want, and I this, and you know. And, and so you read the struggles of one of the, you know, one of the greatest men of his, of his time taught under Gamaliel, one of the great teachers in Israel, a Pharisee of the Pharisee. Paul had it all. He would be on the tippy top of today's world of... Uh, of, uh, of religious leaders. Of religious leaders. I mean, this man, he'd be at the top. He had the anointing and this and that. But yet he says, oh, wretched man that I am. You know, because he's still dealing. You still have to deal with the flesh. Yeah. And I remember in Rick Joyner's book, you know, called The Final Quest, when they, they're going up the mountain of the Lord. It's a battle. It's visions and dreams he had. And this eagle, which was Jesus, the Holy Spirit speaking through the eagle said, because he almost fell off the mountain. And he says, be careful, you can fall from any level at any time. That's true. So no matter how great you get can be in God, you can still mess up. You have to keep focused. Right. But Paul said, I forget what's in my past. Yes. And I'm pressing forward. I'm pressing forward to, to, at the invitation that God has given us to come into the fullness of everything mm-hmm. that he paid for. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, so this is how we do it. We don't forget the past based on any good or any bad that we've done. We, we forget the past based on what Jesus did for us in our place. Yes, that's it. Uh-huh. He did it for us. Amen. So that we can actually leave it behind. Yeah. He 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 puts he parts it as far as the east is from the west. You can't if you start heading east, you will always be heading east even if you go walk <laughs> all the way around the world, hold your breath when you get to the to the coast. Uh, but if you could go all <laughs> the way around the world and come back to the same place where you were, mm-hmm. if you're going east, you're always going to go east. Yeah. And I'm sure everybody has had the experience at one time or another. You're walking on a sidewalk or something, and you stick, um, and you step in some uh, dog poop. Oops. You know, and you don't know it at the moment. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you go in, you're into a classroom or something, you it sit down, you home. and something stinks. Mm-hmm. And everybody around, something, somebody stinks, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and even though you can maybe let on, you don't know if it's you even, and you just pretend like you don't. You don't stink. <laughs> and don't we try to do that sometimes? We don't pretend like we don't stink, you know, right. if you're if you're you know, if you're if you've just 
something's happened or you walked into something, but, but everybody around knows. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. And I'm reminded of, of a story that I read. It was just a little, a little clipping from some magazine or newspaper that I read on somebody's bulletin board in their home. It was, it, it goes something like this. I walked down the street and I fell in a hole. It was so deep that I couldn't get out by myself. And I cried and I cried and someone came and rescued me. And then the next paragraph is, I walked down the street and I fell in the same hole. And I cried and I cried and I cried and someone came and rescued me. And the next paragraph is, I walked down the street and I saw the hole. But I fell in it anyway. <laughs> oh my. And I cried and I cried and someone came and rescued me. And the next paragraph is, I walked down the street. I saw the hole. I walked around the hole. And then the next paragraph is, I went down a different street. <laughs> and that is a, all about the Christian walk and maturity, coming into maturity where we re recognize where we have fallen and we stop going down that street. Mm -hmm. Because... You know, Jesus keeps rescuing us when we cry and cry to him. But there comes a time where where we can draw on his strength instead of drawing on his strength just to pull us out of the hole. We can draw on his strength and his grace to not walk down that street. Yeah, It's like you just don't sin all weekend. Repent Saturday night before you go to church <laughs> on Sunday. Yeah. But haven't we lived that way at times? And how many have gone to, you know, they would go to confession to the priest and all that. And yeah. Maybe sometimes on a weekly basis. So the idea is, the first thing you have to do is forget the past. But Paul says in that scripture, forget the past. I forget the past as I fasten my heart to the future instead. Now let's move on to the next thing. Uh, David, in Psalm 63, talks about pursuing the Lord with passion. Philip, read mm. that to us, please, out of the Passion. O God of my life, I'm lovesick for you in this weary wilderness. I thirst with the deepest longings to love you more, with cravings in my heart that can't be described. Such yearning grips my soul for you, my God. I'm energized every time I enter your heavenly sanctuary to seek more of your power and drink in more of your glory. For your tender mercies mean more to me than life itself. How I love and praise you, God. Daily I will worship you passionately and with all my heart. My arms will wave to you like banners of praise. I overflow with praise when I come before you. For the anointing of your presence satisfies me like nothing else. You are such a rich banquet of pleasure to my soul. I lie awake each night thinking of you and reflecting on how you help me like a father. I sing through the night under your splendor, your shadow offering up to you my songs of delight and joy. And with passion I pursue and cling to you because I feel your grip on my life. I keep my soul close to your heart. Beautiful. Oh, the passion of David. 
Yes. And that's the next thing. So first you forget your past. And the second thing, you begin to pursue the Lord and you pursue him with thanksgiving and praise. Mm -hmm. You enter his gates with thanksgiving and you enter Enter into his his courts courts with with praise. praise. That's how you get into the presence of God. You get there by thanksgiving. You get there by praise. The Apostle Paul says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 16 says, Rejoice evermore. Verse 17 says, pray without ceasing. And verse 18 says, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. This is all about getting into his presence. So we rejoice and we pray and we praise and give thanks, and that will bring us into his presence. It will cause his presence to become so real to us as we lose our sense of all the stuff around us. It's all about getting into the secret place. That's it. The secret place of the Most High. Like we read in Psalm 91, he that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. You know, you hear the even the world uses the expression, bloom where you're planted. And you see the little picture of a pot with a flower in it. Yeah. But you have to understand that flowers, every kind of plant is rooted in dirt. Mm-hmm. So you have a past <laughs> and you have a present. Mm-hmm. And nobody really has a perfect situation. But when we, when we learn how to press into the presence of God with, with our love and our, our passion for him, then we can embrace the pot of dirt that we're growing in. We, we need to learn to embrace the pot of dirt that we're growing in. And, and sometimes you have this situation where things are really ugly. That reminds me of a Chinese pastor that talked about his secret garden where he came to the father alone. And- I heard I heard him give his testimony. Yeah. And he was in one place after another. He was in jail. He was in prison camps. Um, he was imprisoned because of his preaching the, of the gospel. And so they wouldn't allow him to pray out loud. They wouldn't allow him to sing out loud. They wouldn't allow him to repeat any verses out loud. And the time came that they thought they are going to make him the most miserable person possible. They're going to send him every single day to clean the latrines. So he had to go out there and clean. He had to, he was like waist deep in the cesspool, digging out the dirt and and getting it out there, I suppose they were using it for fertilizer in their gardens. I don't know, but um, and a concentration camp would have a lot of people in it. Yes, a lot of fertilizer. A there. lot of fertilizer there, and he was absolutely delighted with this opportunity because he was all by himself, and he could sing at the top of his lungs. He could pray at the top of his lungs. He could he could shout the word of the Lord. He could recite scriptures all at the top of his lungs. And he called it his garden, and he he used to sing that song, I come to the garden alone. (laughs) And that was his garden in the latrine, digging it out. And he stunk so bad that everybody left him alone. So even when he came back to the prison, they shut him away, and he could... 
he it's, could he could make noise there too because nobody wanted to be anywhere around him because he stunk so bad. But he regarded that aroma as the aroma of the presence of God because he was able to worship freely. Isn't that amazing? That's it. That's just an incredible story of yeah, uh, and overcoming. Exactly, exactly. And it's pursuing the Lord with a passion mm-hmm. that embraces the pot of dirt that you're in. Whatever your pot of dirt is in is probably not quite as bad as his. So, mm-hmm. so that's your second thing. Pursue the Lord with thanksgiving and praise, regardless of what the, what the dung might be around you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So whether whether the dung is like Paul said it, that Philip quoted earlier in Philippians about his past, yeah. or whether that is the dung of your circumstances, yeah. or perhaps it's even the dung of the circumstances you made for yourself. Yeah, and it could be the place you live or the place you work too. That's, right. But yeah. but if you walk in an attitude of praise, uh-huh. you will carry with you an atmosphere that will change the atmosphere oh, where right. you are living or working. Yes, that's right. Uh-huh. So uh, Romans 5, 1 through 5, begins to, to address some of this. Can you read that for us out of the Passion, Philip? Our life in Jesus transfers God's righteousness to us and he now declares us flawless in his eyes. This means we can now enjoy true and lasting peace with God, all because of what our Lord Jesus, the Anointed One, has done for us. Our faith guarantees us permanent access into this marvelous kindness that has given us a perfect relationship with God. What incredible joy bursts forth within us as we keep on celebrating our hope of experiencing God's glory. But that's not all. Even in times of trouble, we have a joyful confidence, knowing that our pressures will develop us in patient endurance. Wait, wait, just a minute. That word pressures that's used there, Mm -hmm. there's other translations that use the word sufferings Mm -hmm. or afflictions, hardships, distress, troubles, and even the word tribulations. Yeah. Okay, now read it again with that thought in mind. Our our pressure or sufferings or tribulations or afflictions, whatever, troubles. But that's not all. Even in times of trouble, we have a joyful confidence, knowing that our tribulations will develop us in patient endurance. And patient endurance will refine our character. And proven character leads us back to hope. And this hope is not a disappointing fantasy, because we can now experience the endless love of God cascading into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who lives in us. Amen. Cascading. Cascading. His love cascading through think, us. Think of Victoria Falls. Oh, I know there we, you go. We, in America we think Niagara Falls. Think of Victoria Falls. Mm-hmm. That's the Zambezi River. Mm-hmm. Is it between uh, Zimbabwe? Zambia, I think. Yeah. And it comes down, I forget how many hundreds of feet this waterfall just cascades down. It's it's magnificent. I've never seen it myself, only pictures. Yes. So his love is cascaded out that way. And that's the outpouring that we're contending for. We're yes. contending for an outpouring of his love that's like the most massive waterfall that you can imagine, greater than the most massive waterfall that you can imagine. So what does verse 6 say? For when the time was right, 
The Anointed One came and died to demonstrate His love for sinners who were entirely helpless, weak, and powerless to save themselves. That's where we've all been. There's that past that we're forgetting. Mm -hmm. But we're forgetting that past because of what He did. We can forget it because of what He did. He came to be our substitute. He came to lay His life down to die the death for all of us pay for our sins, to rescue us from that hole that we kept falling in over and over again, (laughs) to give us the grace to walk down a different street. Mm -hmm. Now, what was it that the Holy Spirit spoke to you this morning? It was in my prayer time. I got the way to stay married to the presence of God is through covenant relationship. Now, what were you thinking when you heard that? I was thinking secret place, Lord. Now, I had a limited amount of time Mm -hmm. for what was going on. And I was just thinking, okay, Lord, your secret place and your secret place, you know. And that's when when this came out because it's a a relationship. When you stay married to the presence of God, it's like the ring on your finger is an outward appearance Mm -hmm. of the covenant you have with your spouse. It's a reminder. So when you have a covenant with your heavenly father, it's like you have a marriage with him. That's right. You have a con. The contract is through His precious blood. Right. Hallelujah. Right. So, uh, how did that make you feel to hear that? It was just an awesome feeling to think, "Wow, you know," because I could feel that the, the secret place. You know, it's yeah. married, married to Jesus. That's right. You know, we're the he, bride; He's the bridegroom. That's right. So, how did that moment change you? It just like sets the the path for the day. Thinking, mm-hmm. "Wow." It's not like a flower where you pluck it out. He loves me. He loves me not. You know, when you're, when you're, you have your eyes on someone. You know, do they like as me? They, as a child, yeah. I hope you don't do that as an adult. You know, <laughs> but it's like, wow, his love, his everlasting love, and, and really, poured out and pours into out. our hearts like a waterfall. Yes, yes, Amen, Hallelujah. You can have your own waterfall sitting in your prayer time. Right. And, and this covenantal relationship is illustrated for us by what Jesus did on the night that he was betrayed. Mm-hmm. So if you have your elements for communion, if you have some bread, and if you have some uh, a small amount of wine or grape juice, or if you don't even have the fruit of the vine, you know, Jesus turned water into wine. According to your faith, so be it unto you. Grab what you have. If you haven't grabbed it yet, Just put this on pause and grab it and come back. So we are ready to receive what Jesus instituted for us in the Holy Communion. This is the power that gives us the ability to forget our past and to press us into his presence, to give us what it takes to to have a thankful heart, to have praise on our lips. This covenant is what Jesus gave us. So let's, let's take the bread, first of all. And he said, this bread, this, he, you know, he, the bread that he would have used is not a cracker and it's not it's probably not even a piece of matzo like you might buy in a store but the matzo that they used for the Passover would have been a thin flat bread that was soft 
that you would have to tear. Mm -hmm. And he said, this is my body that was broken, or I, I believe a better word to use is torn. torn. Uh, if you remember what, um, what Dean Braxton said, he saw that Jesus, had, had, Jesus' flesh had been shredded for us. And that's how you can do with that kind of bread. Yeah. You can tear it. And, and it was, he was torn for us. He is the bread of life. He was born in Bethlehem. Bethlehem, the house of bread. bread. Yes. Uh -huh. And he said, I am the bread of life. That's what this bread is to us. This is him, his life, his power, every bit of the power that was present in his body as he reached out and touched those who were sick, those who were tormented by devils, whatever. This bread contains that power. As you receive it in faith, it's about him. It's about receiving him. So let's receive him. Father, we thank you that this bread contains the power of Jesus Christ, our Savior, who gave himself for us. He was poured out so that we could have your love. You so loved the world that you gave him to us, and you gave him to us in this physical way that we could receive him. So we receive this powerful bread right now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Receive it now. And then he took the cup when they were finished eating. Now this was probably the third cup at the Seder meal. And it was called the cup of redemption. And he said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Now, to understand what that is, you have to look back at Jeremiah 31, starting with verse 31. You can go there and look later on your own. 31 through, I think, 35. But it's also repeated by the writer of Hebrews in Hebrews chapter 8. And verses 10 through 12, he gives four points, four things that this covenant of blood pays for. And this cup is like ratifying the covenant because he paid for it. And then he gives us this to be something that we keep doing over and over again throughout our lives to declare that we are in covenant with him. It's like, yes. it's like David fussing about this uncircumcised Philistine, he doesn't have covenant. Mm -hmm. This cup gives us covenant. Just yes. like circumcision gives covenant to the Jewish people, to the Hebrew people, this cup gives us covenant. So the four things, Philip, why don't you read uh, Hebrews 8, 10 through 12 in the Passion so that we can get this. So it, it, it opens with the first covenant. If the first covenant had been faultless there would be no reason for a second one but he says to the house of Israel and Judah this is this isn't according to the covenant that I made with you when you came out of Egypt but this is a new covenant go ahead verse 10 for here is the covenant I will one day establish with the people of Israel and this is quoting from Jeremiah so it's not future from the book of mm -hmm. Hebrews point of view I will embed my laws within their thoughts and fasten them under their hearts mm. 
I will be their loyal God, and they will be my loyal people. Okay, so the first one is embedding his laws, or putting his laws, or writing them in the hearts and in the minds. So that's what this covenant does for us, and that, that's what happened hmm. on the day of Pentecost. That, that fiery flame came down upon them and began to write in their hearts and minds the law, just like when the law was given on Shavuot, on, on uh, the day of Pentecost, back in the Old Testament, the first time that it happened, when God wrote his word in the stone. And then the second thing is also, I will be to them a God and they will be a people. Loyal, a loyal Loyal. God. It's a covenant loyalty. Yes. That's the first two things. What's the third? And the result of this will be that everyone will know me as Lord. Ah, knowing. That's what Paul was talking about, that that, that I, I fasten my heart to the future, that I may truly know him. That's what David was talking about. I want to know you. And the result of this will be that everyone will know me as Lord. It comes with this cup, knowing him. Yes. There will be no need at all to teach their fellow citizens or brothers by saying, You shall know the Lord, Jehovah, since everyone will know me inwardly. See, it comes with this cup. It comes with the outpouring of his love. It comes with receiving him. And it comes with this ratification of the covenant by using this cup. Go ahead. So everyone will know me inwardly from the most unlikely to the most distinguished. (laughs) Oh, that's good. For I will demonstrate my mercy to them and will forgive their evil deeds and never remember again their sins. That's it. Our sins are blotted out. We've learned that. We've learned that that's what Christianity is about, that we can have our sins blotted out. But this covenant has those four things in it. So as we receive this cup, we receive the ability to forget our past because he's blotted out our sins. He's not going to remember our sins anymore. Yeah. So if he doesn't remember them, why are we remembering oh, them? What great mercy. Yeah. Just let the Holy Spirit use this cup to wipe out those memories in the name of Jesus. Jesus. And, to, and to establish us in covenant with him that we may know him, that he is our God and we are his loyal people and that his law is being written in our hearts and minds by the Holy Spirit, causing us to remember the things that he's spoken to us every time we need them. All of that is available to us in this cup as we take it today. Let's receive it. Thank you, Father. We give you praise. Yes, Lord. So we want to just encourage you, do this every day. Receive the Holy Communion every day. Set aside some bread, set aside some juice or some wine, whatever it is that that works for you, according to the Holy Spirit working inside of you. And, And use that to help you to leave the past behind as you take it saying I'm leaving the past behind I'm leaving the last 10 minutes behind whatever is behind leave it behind you and press through to praise him and give him thanks for everything that he has done for us to make us one with him because he's the bridegroom and we're the bride and it's all about becoming one with him that is what is going to bring the outpouring as we contend for it on the individual level it will begin to build 
worldwide and welcome his presence to come down and minister to all. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Your review helps the podcasting platform suggest this podcast to other listeners who are also looking for a great move of the Holy Spirit. Check out our website at globaloutpouring.org to find out more information, read our blogs, connect with us, and donate. You can also browse our web store for life-changing anointed books. Until next time, this is Sharon Buss. And I'm Philip Buss. God bless you with his overwhelming, loving presence.